What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Picking Corners, a box lacrosse channel production presented by Stick Grip. We are here to entertain you today, to offer you some comedic relief in your life, to show you nothing but good content, and to talk about all the latest lacrosse news and its opening weekend for the Iowa Dogfish and Chicago Portagers this weekend. There's a lot of great stuff going on in the lacrosse world. I am Tucker LaBelle, uh, joined today by Garrett and Cami Mack, as always. Boys, I think we we kind of we need a little round the horn action here. Like, what's what's popping off? You know, Garrett's over here scouting us right now, something like that. You know, Cam's over here with the freaking stick grip hat that looks dope, um, and he got that stick grip. You know what? Let's just talk about stick grip real quick. Hit hit it with the stick grip. So finally, we we got some so our hands on some product, right? So we thought, what better way to speak to it than to just knock it out, put it on a stick right here, Garrett? I know you got yours, brother. So it did come with a nice little QR code that lets you know how you put it on the stick. For those of you just listening, um, Stick Grip, they make these uh, basically like this kind of tape replacement type option where um, I'm pretty sure it's it's made of silicone. And uh, what you can do is uh, use it for grip on your stick. And it it's pretty easy to apply. It's, it's all together in one piece. So you don't have to, you know, wrap your stick. Um, it's it's not going to rip up your gloves or anything like that, right? That's a big reason I don't like to use um, grip myself. Oh yeah, Garrett looks like looks like you're getting it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine too, and let's see how this let's see how this works. Tucker, you just sit there. You look you look good. I'm just making all the weird noises in the podcast today. I'm already realizing that. That's great. Here we go. Garrett, you, my, my, my man, you are, you're going to town on that dang stick right there. I got the red, white, and blue. So I can bring this <laughs> oh, now we're, now we're cooking with gas, Tucker. I don't know. I kind of like yours though, Cam. I, I like that red, white, and blue. For those of you who are just listening to the podcast, quit being weird and turn the video on. I do um, the wrong way. I will. <laughs> Cam is Cam is currently matching in every aspects of his life with the red, white, and blue. He got the hat on. He got that dang LL Bean shirt right there, and he got that stick grip, red, white, and blue. Look at that. Huh? That's kind of fire. That actually looks pretty good. That's actually no. That's actually pretty sick. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, and I'm doing it the way you're not supposed to do it. Um, so that's yeah, crazy. I was gonna say something, but I thought you'd just trial and error, you know. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. Jesus. Doesn't feel like it moves around that much. That was one of my concerns: is if it was going to, uh, you know, you're worried about you're worried about that dang slippage, right? And I was wondering if it was going to move around based on like the different type of uh, cut on the shaft. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, if it's concave or if it's hexagonal or whatever. But it seems to be staying in place, um, and I think it's actually a pretty good, pretty good length here too. Goes up. I don't know. I'd say maybe like a third of the shaft. Yours goes up a little bit higher, but yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to get try it out. I'd say application was pretty easy though. So uh, What's up? What's up I think I'm gonna bring this to uh, the World Championship so I can rep USA. Great idea. Great idea. Otherwise, uh, we've got some pretty exciting things to talk about, right? First and foremost, Bandits NLL champions. Who saw that coming? I did because I bet bandits plus one or minus one and a half and uh, lock that one in. Must be nice. um, 
but I didn't think it would be as dominant as it was. Right. I, I need to look up what the final score was because it's been a, it's been almost a week since they. Yeah, Josh Burns said, "I'm not hurt anymore." Um. Okay. Yeah, four thirteen. I thought it was a blowout, which is wild. Uh, the fact that the Mammoth were only held the four goals. I feel like that's a big red flag for their offense. What do you think, Tucker? Like he says, yeah, I know it is. I, I'm, I'm kind of bummed. I'm, I'm still, you know, emotionally attached to that game and to the Mammoth, and so I'm pretty much just sad over here at the moment. Um, but I, I mean, here's my take on that. Right, I wish every year we could get a matchup like that in the playoffs in the championship game, because I mean, that's, that's two straight franchises right there. Um, that's two great fan bases. Like we talked about. And honestly, it just, it, I hate to say it, man, but it feels right that the bandits want it almost like they, like they deserve it or something. And, you know, like they just, they have such an awesome squad and such an awesome fan base and they're fun, man. It's fun. Lacrosse like bandits. Lacrosse is fun. Lacrosse, you know, just saying. I, really, yeah. I mean, the atmosphere was wild, and it was really cool to see them win. I know that was um, Dane's first first championship, right? That's his first. Um, and I don't know if you saw him going back and forth a little bit with this guy on Twitter, um, but the guy basically said, like, you know, you're you're uh, if you're rooting for the Bandits, they're gonna lose because like Dane Smith always chokes, like just something along those lines. I don't think it was as aggressive, but you know, it's basically saying like this guy is like such a great player, but he can't can't like finish when it counts, right? And then he he like quote tweets this guy and then tags him and says, uh, you know, this guy must be really good at his job. Like <laughs> after he won the NLL championship, <laughs> some reporter, and I just was like, wow, that's that's hilarious. I, if none of you. Or, or um, if you're not following the NLL meme page yet on Instagram, it is gold. Uh, I I look forward to seeing that every uh, week after after the games conclude because it's just hilarious and he really does go for the throat. Um, so whoever's putting that together, keep doing that. But yeah, I mean, speaking of the NLL season being over, I have to say I'm a little sad because uh, this is my first kind of full season. I think I still jumped in like a few weeks late um but i overall think that they put a good product together and i think that this was a successful season for the nll right like having the outdoor game um all these you know custom jerseys and the auctions all the marketing they're doing right um you know all the all the different outreach and and uh you know teams and companies and things that they're partnering with i think it's just it's starting to really take off um, and I'm curious to see how the PLL continues to do because they they had a very successful first weekend. So, you know, whether you're a PLL fan, an LL fan or both, I think it's just great that you're seeing a lot of success in the sport in terms of, um, you know, viewership and people committing to, you know, following it as a pro uh, product, if that makes sense. So no, I think I think you're exactly right. I think um I think this year was was really great for the NLL because you you saw a little bit of more of a, of a mass media audience buying in. Um, the ESPN deal was live. You could watch all the games on the ESPN app. Um, the accessibility to watching a game was greater than it's ever been before. And I think because of that, we saw more fans in seats, you know, more engagement online. I, I keep telling everybody that's not in the lacrosse world that asked me about the NLL. 
I keep telling them, I'm like, we're going to get to the point where I think every major city is going to have an NLL team. Um, and I, I really feel positive that we're moving in that direction. I know there's rumors of potentially Nashville adding a team. I would love, to see, sick. I'd love to see a team back in Minneapolis. I'd love to see a team, um, you know, really in every major market city, but especially cities that have NHL franchises, because then it's just an easy crossover. Um, but I really do feel like this year was huge in the development of moving towards a much larger league. Yeah, I do. I did enjoy, like I said, like I grew up, came like we, I definitely started a little bit late, but even in like the process of, oh, let me catch up on stuff. Things were easy to find. Um, it wasn't like I had to really dig for stuff. It was right there in my face. As soon as I turned my TV on, there's an NLL game on on the weekend. It's it's right there as soon as I turn it on as an oh. option. Um, shout out to ESPN for having it, which means Hulu also carries it. So you can watch it on both places. And that was fantastic. Um, and just like even like hearing my coworkers talk, like ask about or talk about it, because like they've mentioned it once or twice. Like, oh, because companies in Buffalo, so they've mentioned the bandits a couple of times. But it was they were asking me, like, did you just watch the bandits game this last weekend? And I would be like, that's whoa, that's never happened before. Like, that was really cool to see. Um, so congratulations to them, to Dane. I was I saw on Instagram, he just uh got engaged, he proposed a um, man's rocking two rings now. So way to that's that's one way to fill up the hands right there he's winning yeah he's winning love that i thought i saw that they were going to do a parade but i'm not sure if that was satire or not but I, a, a parade for his engagement or for for the, for the win just making sure <laughs> it's for the championship but i'm sure dane smith probably could have put together his own parade just right with the following that he has um it's a parade inside my city yeah I think ultimately the moral of the story is, is we're very proud of the NLL season this year. Um, it was a really great finals and I'm excited to see now that we are deeply invested with a lot of the teams, um, know a lot of the players, right. It'll be fun to, to follow the off season, see, see what happens, right. Business decisions, trades, things like that, uh, and be able to support them throughout the year up until the next season. So really excited for that. Um, I want to kind of shift to the PLL. And my first question for you guys is, um, do you think it's interesting that the finals kind of overlaps with that first weekend of the PLL games? Because I know that, you know, we had some guys, a decent amount of guys actually, who didn't play in the first week of PLL um, who were in that NLL finals matchup, right? So, so what do we think about that? Is that kind of interesting you know, do you I think did. that the the people who are going to to pay money? Um, what was the first weekend? Was it Albany? Was the first weekend? I think. Yeah. Um, the people that, that, that get that first weekend, do you think it, it kind of sucks that they don't get to see everyone that they're paying to see? Um, I just weekend. I just think that I think that, uh, these two leagues got to work together, man. And I know that the NLL wants to work with the PLL. I know it's the PLL that doesn't want to work with the NLL. I'm, it's very, very obvious what's going on there, but it's got to, it's got to change, man, because for the, for the betterment of the game and for the growth of this game on a media level, on a general population level, you can't have overlap like that because when you have overlap like that, people are going to not watch one game to watch another. There are players that can't play in one thing. They can't go to another, just, just spread it out. It's, it's, it's a simple scheduling deal that we, we continue to argue about, argue about, argue about, and we get better and better and better at it as a lacrosse population but we still are at this point where why are these two leagues crossing over? It, it, it doesn't make sense and it's not positive for the game. I'm just saying. I think it's, it's frustrating too, because 
and don't get me wrong, I don't think it's a huge deal. I don't think it's like, you know, super detrimental to the PLL that they overlap one one weekend with the NLL. But I think there's something to be said that you're taking away from your own product, right? Because some of the top players that play in the NLL are not going to be in there that first week, right? And to your point with that kind of viewership aspect, I think that if you just push it back a week, which doesn't seem like a huge deal to me, obviously, I'm sure if you ask them, it would would be, you know, the worst thing in the world to have to move everything back one week. But um, it just makes more sense, especially from like a, a viewership standpoint. Now, their numbers, I do want to highlight that in a minute because they still did have some success. But that almost makes me think that maybe they're pulling people away from the NLL finals, right? Which I don't want to see either. That's um, what I'm saying. Yep. Right. Because whether you're a PLL fan or an NLL fan, you should be a lacrosse fan first. And whether it it was, you know, the NLL pulling from the PLL or vice versa, I don't want to see either of those leagues competing. I want them to see, I want to see them grow parallel to each other and both have success. Um, ultimately, I also think you're putting those players under a shit ton of stress by having them play in a a full season of NLL and then they win a championship and the next weekend they're playing in a pro field game. I mean, I think that that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, You know, they're expecting Josh Byrne, who like I thought got re-injured in that third game um, to, to make his debut this weekend. They're talking about it on their, their social channels. Right. So that like, to me, I'm like, if I'm Josh Byrne, I'm like, no, you know, first of all, I, I like just came off a super hard season. We just won the championship. The last thing I want to do is put my body at risk and play a now another full season of lacrosse. I'm not saying that he's not going to play in the PLL or shouldn't. I just think that at this point, he needs to think about himself and his own well-being because what happens if he goes out, you know, he hasn't had time to recover and he gets injured and now is out for this season and potentially the next season. I mean, there's just a lot of things that you're putting um, at risk there that you don't necessarily need to be right. So maybe the PLL push it back a week and the NLL guys, if they're, you know, making a deep run in the playoffs, they don't start to work week three or something like that. Right. Or week two, you know, and you move it back a little bit. Um, I don't know, just some thoughts. I know there's a lot of logistics that go into it uh, and it's never going to be, you know, cut and dry like that or yeah. super simple, but I feel I like there's a better was, way to do it. It was always like that from what I remember, like, Especially like a lot of those, like I said, those NLL guys, they are not showing up um, until week two, week three. Even when the PLL like, really kind of was first getting going and it started drafting NLL people. And they're like, well, we still got a season and like, contracts to uphold, uphold over here. We're not coming until then. And then you had teams that would just suck for a second until they got their full hit squad back. And now it's like, all right, cool, cool. Now we're rocking. Now we're good to go. Um so I wonder if it's like if that's ever going to change. Really, this may have been like the the least amount of overlap that I've seen in the past couple of years because it was only overlapping for one weekend when right. before guys were holding out for like two weeks, three weeks, almost kind of leaning to four if they really weren't feeling it. Um, so I mean, it's getting better, but even like you said, with, with them coming off a championship game, you can't be like, oh yeah, he's about to pop up out here. That man's at home either sleep or hungover or both and sore. Um, he he ain't coming. That he you need to give him time to rest, especially if you already know he's injured. Um, I think there was one player from the bandit squad that showed up, but he didn't even play, he just showed up to be at the game. Yeah, and 
I feel like it just puts the players in a tough spot because they, first of all, sign a contract, right? Like they have to, yeah. they have to perform and in a certain amount of games uh, that, you know, they're able to, I'm sure there's a lot of contingencies there that they feel pressured by. Right. And then also uh, they don't want to let their, their teammates down. I'm sure. I mean, those guys are lacrosse players, right? They, yeah. you know, it is a business and they're out there making money, but at the end of the day, they're playing the sport because they love it. And I'm sure they feel a little bit of resentment, you know, having to be in that position where it's like, I I am playing for a championship, but I also feel bad that I'm leaving my buddies out to dry, you know, on the field, like on the, on the PLL field, you know, so that's tough. And we'll, we'll see how we'll see where it goes. Um, especially with them already reorganizing things with being city-based and all that. Right. I feel like there's going to be a lot of changes that continue to come to the PLL. Um, and maybe the NLL works with them and they move up a week earlier. You know, there's there's something to be done there, but I'm, I'm not sure what what exactly it's going to look like. Now, continuing to talk about the PLL weekend, I actually did enjoy watching the games, I have to say. Um, and my Saturday was great because I hit five out of six lacrosse bets. So I was like over the moon. It was fantastic. Um, it seems like if you ride underdog money line, you're, you're looking pretty good so far this season. Uh, and I think one of the things that really stood out to me um, was the numbers that ESPN released about yeah, their huge. actual numbers for um, their viewership. Right. So it, it looked like at the peak, they had 782,000 viewers um, and the two ABC games averaged almost 500,000 viewers um for both games that's that's legit i mean that's wild i remember um when we had jack subak on recently he said uh their espn plus game had like two hundred thousand views at some point this this season and that was like a record for the nll now again they have more games it's on espn plus right mm -hmm. they're not all nationally broadcasted so i'd like to see those numbers but i mean the pll has to be doing something right to get that amount of views um I don't know, Tucker, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think the PLL is a bit a bit more of a refined media entity. Um, you know, there's one unified cause. There's all the teams, all the same ownership. From a media management perspective, the PLL is kind of a dream, I think, for any organization to work with. Um, and it, obviously, in this case, now being ESPN, it was you know previously NBC. Um, it's an easy sell. I mean, you sell that all your teams are coming to that network. They're easy to get on the same schedule. They're all at the same location. Logistically speaking, you're all there. Yeah. You're the same weekend. You can shoot it. You're done. You're not asking them to travel to five different locations on the same night every week. It's one location, one time each weekend. Boom, there's your content and your media for a long time. So I think that, I think that really drives the numbers and success of the PLL is that they are a very well-managed media entity. I almost wonder if like, that's what they kind of seemed like they were going for first is that clean and polished media um, image. Um, yeah. Even like remember when they were kind of starting out, it's they're, they're not hitting. I mean, they're, they're, they're hitting the cross companies, but they weren't focusing on that. They're focusing on getting those big media names behind them. So they can right. put out a good product, like really going out the gate. Um, right. And it's good. Love it. Not to say that the NLL um, is behind in any way or anything. It's obviously they had a different goal starting out with, but you can tell that they're shifting um, and starting to adapt. Um, but I love it. 
so the PLL, congratulations to you guys. That was a uh, big, that was huge. Uh, one thing you got to fix though is your app. Um, cause yeah, but along with the app, I did win all of my fantasy matchups. So if you challenged me, you lost, you know, you did. Um, everybody on here, you know, I'm kind I can't even call them out. I'm gonna call them out really quick. Let me see if I can pull it up really quick. You're well, lucky. I mean, while it's we're not talking loading about up right now, so you're yeah, lucky. I was gonna say that the app is ass. So I mean, not just to put it frank, like they could they could develop a better app. Uh, I will say, I think the uh, the fantasy um, aspect of it is really cool, and the way that they do it is really sweet. That the yeah. fact that you could just challenge individuals instead of you having to have a twelve person league, which would probably be really tough to put together. Um, so I think it's I think what they're doing with it is good, and I think they're making the right steps with the decisions they're making on how to present it. Um, it used to be great. You, you gotta hit up the DevOps team and tell them to get that app working because like it 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 used to be. I think it was last season or the season before. It used to be groups. Like you could make your own group and just have as many just people have people join. Um, like you, I I think I joined the lacrosse networks team or group for challenges, and you, you could just do whatever. You unlimited people, but now it's like they have set groups like for regions, and yeah. then you have to challenge individual people. And I haven't hit this yet, but I've heard that the limit is like 25 people you can challenge. Um, so once you hit that, you're like maxed out. So I'm not, I, I still got to test it out, but that's kind of. I also hate that it makes you pick a, a, a team. Like I, I went with Archers because we interviewed Brett Dobson, but like, I don't, I'm not a big enough PLL fan to be like, that's my team. And like, that's yeah. what I'm rooting for. Right. Like, so yeah, it, every, every, and the way that it, it presents it to you is it, um, is totally based off who you are a fan of, right? So, like, my experience is all Archers-based first, right? All of the, like, articles that they have on there, um, all of the, like, questions and trivia and all that stuff, a lot of it has to do with the team that you select. And I just don't like that because I want to be able to see all of the teams and be able to, you know, interact with everything that the PLO is doing, um, not just the Archers. So it's... I don't know. I've I've got some complaints. Otherwise, I think that they're doing a good job. They had a successful uh, opening weekend, and you know, I definitely could tip my hat to the product that they're putting out there. So we'll see. Um, Dane Smith is not on this uh, this week's roster for the chaos. So maybe because I had him earlier when I did my fantasy like a couple days ago, I had him as an option that I could put on a team. So that's interesting. Yeah, Um, they they just they is not on that on the roster. I mean, granted, just got. Uh, with everything happening like we like, like we said he ain't showing up and no holds against him but he ain't showing up absolutely so, not would you just kind of you just won a championship would you show up and got engaged yeah championship and got engaged buddy i will see you in like a while <laughs> i'll see you next year brother. yeah <laughs> just let us know when the wedding is dane we'll make sure to clear our schedules that's it we'll send you some gifts and uh box across merch uh some uh maybe some stick grip stuff we got you, buddy. Speaking of, we're getting those shirts done for the world championship. And uh, I told my family about it. And our order is about to go from four shirts to like 40. So we're going to get some free advertising going on. Hey, if you guys want to, if you guys catch us out there in San Diego, uh, stop, stop somebody. If you see Tucker rolling around a helmet on a golf cart, flag him down. You see me or Cam, just shout out. We'll give you, uh, give you some merch. You never know what you can get. Yeah, Why am I some golf cart with a helmet? I don't know. You said you were on like team FCA and going to play people. I would assume they're going to be golf carting around. What? Mm-hmm. Are you cool enough for that? To- no, I'm cool scooter, man. Forget the golf cart. You can be a, a bird scooter, scooter or like a lime scooter. 
Uh, aren't they the same thing? No. What's the difference? The colors. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like the Dirty Birds. Is that Virginia? Yeah. That's Virginia. Sweet. Well, I'm pretty much done with this segment, especially uh, now that Tucker's making fun of me. But uh, we got a really good interview for you coming up here with none other than Joey Spelina. Um, speaking of, you know, field lacrosse and box lacrosse crossovers here. Yeah. Um, Joey, if you don't know who he is, plays for Syracuse, had a great freshman year um, and is now up in Canada playing for the Junior Northern. Um, so excited to have him on and, and chat about his journey with, um, you know, making the jump from field to then playing box and, and how it translates uh, on both sides. So without further ado, let's get over to his interview and we will see you here in a minute. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the interview portion of our podcast. Well, today we have the one, the only, you may have known him from either his playing high school, he's got a really top-notch name right now. He just started off at Syracuse, came off a pretty hot season for a freshman. Um, now he's playing um, ball up in Canada. Joey, Disco Joe Spelina. Oh, yeah, let's go. How you doing? How you doing? How's it going? Good, good. I uh, just just got off the golf course, so I'm um, doing great. How was how do you how do you do, how how'd you fare out there? Uh, what did you say? Your season was better. Or your golf game was better. Oh, my season was way better. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, cool. We want we we want to ask some more questions about that then. <laughs> yeah, maybe pro pro golf career will come a little bit later. In life. <laughs> yeah, definitely not right now. <laughs> but you know, it's. Definitely great to have you on. And then I've always wanted to ask um, a player at like a high level school this question: um, What was it like going from like your high schools and then making that jump to, um, I mean, to grant to D one lacrosse? And let's face it, you're you're playing ACC D one lacrosse at Syracuse, so it's a pretty serious jump. So, what was that like for you? Yeah. So, um, I I think I was pretty fortunate enough growing up to play on the crush team and play up to years so you know I don't think my transition from high school to college was that different you know I think maybe like maybe like the speed of the game but like in high school like yeah we didn't have a shot clock but like we played fast like we did not stall like you know very very rarely did we have many two two three minute possessions you know it was you know running gun and you know just play fast and have fun which is you know what we do at Q so yeah, I don't think my transition was, you know, that crazy. You know, I think it was just, like, kind of just getting, like, the schemes down was definitely probably the biggest part just because, like, you know, in high school it was, you know, maybe two to three guys on my team, you know, that I would, you know, consider, like, guys that could dodge and, you know, go and score. And now on Q's, you know, you have eight, nine guys that can go and dodge and score. So, you know, I think maybe – Maybe just that kind of concepts and stuff like that were just a bit of a change. But, you know, I mean, I think I adapted to it pretty good. So, uh, yeah. Nice. That's good. That's, I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear. It's good to hear that you uh, that you feel that way. Um, and I've definitely seen that trend, uh, that translate on the field, which is really cool. Um, now, you're wearing the number 22. You're obviously, you know, that's a very special number, especially at Syracuse. Um 
and then it was oh yeah it was coming out when you were before you even stepped on the field i remember hearing it uh, oh here it comes like you know, the the 22 all the voodoo around it and everything um i know you had it at least yeah. a little bit of it so what was your uh your mindset going into that of just like you know this this is the numbers this is all the all the vibe around it but i mean you play you look at me play yeah play pretty well with it though yeah i well so coach that that's gone september one like that was part of our first convo was like you know that uh that he wanted me to wear 22 for all four years at juice which you know i which is obviously probably one of the best things that someone can say to you you know as a lacrosse player you know i think 22 is probably the biggest number in the sport at Q's probably the biggest number in the sport period you know so I think um you know for them to trust me and you know for them to you know give me that responsibility to wear that number and you know represent that not even just on the field but just off the field you know was pretty cool but um yeah I mean you you hear everything as you know being being uh the the probably one of the main guys at Q's, you know, so you, you hear everything, you know, which is, you know, like, like sometimes you read it, but, but like, it's like, it's gotten to the point out where it's like, you just laugh. Cause it's just like kids that just like have like burner accounts, you know, with like the weirdest <laughs> names and stuff like that. So like you, you just laugh and you're just like, all right, dude, like <laughs> you're probably sitting at home right now on your couch, just doing nothing. So, you know, it's but like, you know, never throughout the season was that in the back of my head. Like, oh, uh, like I have to go make a play just because I'm wearing 22. You know, it was, it was just make the play that was in front front of me. You know, do my, do my job. You know, and and not really worry about anything else or worry about what people on the outside are saying. You know, kind of just w- worry about you know what's going on in our team. You know, and just you know keep my head on straight you know and just uh go out there and play and do what i do yeah. but um so you know like obviously like, you're, you're going through this transition just just becoming like a college student and i'm you know i'm a year out of that myself and so you're doing this with a lot more like you just kind of touched on it a lot more perceived pressure a lot more outside stuff and it seems like you're handling it in a really positive way um has there been anybody throughout this process that's been a, like a huge mentor or somebody who's been in similar shoes that's offered good words of advice that you kind of, you know, you look back on and you communicate often with to give you that wisdom. Yeah. So, I mean, I would, I would definitely say my dad's been pretty big with that, but I was also fortunate enough because my dad coached the lizards for, I think it was eight years, you know, whether he was the D coach or the head coach, you know, I was able to be around guys like Paul and Rob and Joe, uh, Joe Walters and Will Manny and all of, all of those guys who carry themselves on and off the field great you know so to to be able to watch them you know during during the game and then like you know like even when they're signing every autograph for every kid and how they interact with each kid you know is just definitely something that that I've you know kind of took in but you know I think my dad always just said you know like you know it's lines and you know, you you can't really worry about what the, you know, what what people are saying. You know, it's just there's no point in it. You know, you don't want to waste that e- energy on beyond people that aren't fully involved in what you're doing. You know, so I just kind of 
you know, I mean, me and my dad talk every single day. So, you know, it's, you know, we just talk about sports and life and stuff and what's going on. But yeah, I mean, I think he was definitely the biggest with that stuff. So that's huge, man. That's not, I I always think it's important for us to, you know, all of us being pretty young and, and you obviously being in here as well like to touch on, you know, who, who paved the way for us and, um, you know, allowed any of us to be in the shoes we're in today and, and shout out. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, it sounds like a, a phenomenal relationship with your father. And yeah, I mean, you, you touched on it though. You, you grew up around these guys and I bet at a young age, you probably weren't even really thinking about it, but you were absorbing all that to now apply it in your own life. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's cool. My second question, and then I can, I swear to God, you can go after this. Okay. You promise? <laughs> I promise. I promise after this one. So I think this is, I think there's an interesting uh, point here that, you know, I don't know that the media necessarily touches on it well or talks about it in season well, because they always want to talk about, oh, here's your stat line. Here's your stat line. Here's your stat line. But the, the storyline in game, I think, speaking as a former player, is often the most interesting. Has this, throughout this season, was there anybody matched up with you that kind of tried to big dog you or tried to, you know, kind of come at you a little harder? Did you feel any pressure on the field from, from certain teams? Like I know that that often happens a lot, but it, it seems like you were able to kind of tackle that adversity pretty well. Damn. Took my question. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, um, you know, I think every team, you know, you know, you know, what, whether it's, you know, due to my own fault or, you know, people in the, media you know I think everybody is hyped up to play me and hyped up to play Cuse you know and you know kind of just the young team that we are you know I think everybody wants you know not bully us in a way but you know kind of show who is you know who's like the big dog so but uh no I mean I don't think anybody necessarily went out of their way you know to try to be a tough guy like that you know I think guys are just playing hard you know I think a bunch of stuff is just part of the game but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think there were some teams definitely that, you know, uh, took more time on, you know, me and some of the other guys in our uh, offense, you know, than, uh, than other teams. But, you know, I think that's just part of the game now. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a ton of fun. You know, I, I think, you know, it was in- interesting when I'm a 19 year old freshman going against 25 year old grad students you know i think that's just you, know, you just look at and you're just like wow this, this is pretty funny so yeah, yeah I think- it's a good point you just touched on that you touched on the covid era where there's guys that are even older than normal playing right now yeah <laughs> guys uh guys that covered uh like pat spencer and connor fields and i'm like oh now i'm going against him <laughs> look at the guy and you're like you sure you don't have three kids and a wife on right. the side of that? or what <laughs> exactly yeah and to your point exactly. i think it's gonna be really fun to see how you grow too right i mean this is just your first year right you got plenty of time ahead of you and it's gonna be really really fun to see you come back this year and uh you know years to come and and how everything comes together for you and you know we are kind of more of a, a box heavy podcast right so i'd like to you know shift into that realm now that you're you know in the off season right and you're you're taking the steps to continue to grow your game you know, off the field, even without Syracuse. Right. Um, so it's, it's yeah. cool to see you make that jump and go play in Canada. So, so far, uh, how has that experience been? Do you think that you've been able to take things from the field game and translate it to the box? And, uh, you know, do you think that this is going to help your field game as well? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, it's 
first of all, you know, it's been unreal up here. You know, like the guys have been great, the team's been great. You know, everybody's been like unreal. You know, and um, Orangeville is a town where like if you wear a Northman shirt out, you know, like everybody knows you and everybody talks about the game and stuff. So it's you know, it's 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 definitely pretty special up here. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I wouldn't say necessarily I took stuff from the field to the box. I think I'll definitely take stuff from the box to the field. You, you know, like if that makes any sense. But um, Absolutely. yeah, I think definitely something that'll be huge for me if going from box to the field is, you know, the amount of slashes that you take because uh, that's definitely a little bit of a change. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think my tough toughness will grow. You know, I think it's already been, I think it's already pretty good. But, you know, I think it'll get, better in that aspect you know um i think my shooting will definitely be better and definitely more accurate now you know because you know you got to put those shots in the corner here you know like you can't just you know put it put it in an okay spot it's got to be in a in a great spot but uh but yeah i mean i i think this summer and this is this is going to be big for me and not my uh development as a player so i'm definitely a excited for it so yeah absolutely and, and I you know I, I know it's still kind of earlier on in your season but you've definitely got some games under your belt and uh, it sounds like it's a good experience is this something that you would cur- encourage other guys to do if they're looking to you know potentially develop their game in the offseason as well yeah one 100 you know I think definitely as an American you know, I think there's a l- little bit of a target on your back just because you know you're not really from here so uh so yeah i think uh definitely guys look to go after you a bit but uh but yeah i mean i think it's definitely something that you know guys should should look into and guys should definitely do you know i mean just since i've gotten up here i've gotten a ton of texts from college guys and um high school guys you know that are now now thinking about coming up here and playing so yeah it's awesome i mean i i know that there was a lot of uh, you know, noise around that announcement that you were going to go play and, um, you know, just seeing more Americans go up there. I think it's going to be really great for, for both games, right. Both field and box just in general to see that crossover continue to happen. So um, really excited no to following your season and uh, see how you guys fare. It seems like it's going well so far. So uh, Garrett, I think you said you had like one more question left, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, this is going to be, I ask this, I'm trying to ask this more of everybody. Um, but you're probably the youngest, maybe the youngest person I've asked it to so far. Um, out of all your seasons, especially now coming into Syracuse as a freshman, even on the Northmen, um, you have a bunch of different kind of, kind of teammates. You have guys that are locker room guys, guys that are um, good, you know, way to boost you up. And some guys that honestly will tear you down. Um, throughout your years, um, or even now, what are, give me, give me two of you, the, uh, Two people that you say like the best teammates you probably like, you've ever had so far. Yeah, I will go right off the bat. This is the easiest answer, and it's Cole Curse. Cole Curse is the Energizer Bunny. He is. He was a fifth year, but he acted like he was on our team since the beginning. You know, he was. He was awesome. He was great with everybody. It didn't matter if you were the starter if you were like the fifth goalie like it didn't matter like he was the same with everybody he was he was without a doubt the best teammate that I've ever ever had he was he was 
he was like, it's, it's honestly like, it's really tough to describe him just cause like he was always so happy and like, was just like, like, like would genuinely talk to guys like about their day and what they're doing and would, you know, and would invite guys everywhere. Like he is just that guy. He's the ultimate teammate. Definitely the A guy that you want on your team. Now that second guy, just cause I've played with so many great teammates, you know, it's hard, but I will I will go back to my eighth grade high school year. Now I was 14, right? No business playing with a bunch of 17, 18 year olds, you know. <laughs> but uh the the a, a senior who was going to Lehigh the following year. I'm not I'm not sure if he's still there now. He was a four-year starter at Lehigh. Michael Hagenberger was a like like almost Cole Kirst replica. Like was just like a was just always happy, was always excited to go out to practice, you know, even when it was raining or it was, you know, just a brutal, brutal day. Like, he was always just that guy, and he took care of me. Obviously, I was in eighth grade, so, you know, I didn't really have many older friends on the team, but, you know, he took care of me, and, you know, obviously, I, I you know, I had a pretty good year, you know, and I would like to say because of him, you know, I think it was even better just because, you know, he – he would he would always invite me out places and pick me up and drop me off and stuff. He was it was but those two though were definitely the best te- uh, teammates that I've ever played played with. That's good to hear. That's really really good to hear. I like to ask that question to people and yeah. see what their answers are. Yeah, and it's I think it's cool too because you know uh, there's a very select group of people that get to play at the highest level, right? So for everyone else, you don't understand how that culture is, but it's good to hear that. You know, no matter what level you're playing at, there's still really great people that are in those roles that are helping pick up the team, you know, be leaders and stuff. And obviously that's probably what makes, you know, the the recipe for a great successful program. So it's it's cool to hear that you're still having that experience even now at Syracuse. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate your time and and you being on, Joey. And, uh, you know, we we typically give everyone just a a minute at the end if you want to shout anyone out or. Or, you know, you know, speak to anything that the floor is yours, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, I just want to thank thank you guys for uh, having me me on here. You know, it's been uh, great. You know, you, you guys are awesome. You know, if you ever need me to do anything or talk to anybody or, you know, do whatever, you know, just shoot me a text and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do the best that I can. Absolutely, man. We really appreciate that. And we're, we're super excited to watch your career, not only uh, at Syracuse, but but now playing box. So uh, we'll definitely be in touch and, and really appreciate your time, man. Hell yeah. Thank Absolutely. Thank you guys. Have a good one, brother. See you, man. Good luck up there. All right. Later.